So there was a party, a celebration in the home of a great actor. And a lot of people were there, of course, fellow actors, some family members, and a lot of friends and neighbors. They were celebrating yet another achievement, another award from this actor. The actor was known because of his ability to act, to, you know, to do well, and, and uh, he drew people in with his characters. But more than anything, it was his voice, his mellifluous, melo melodious, beautiful voice that people loved. So in the course of the evening when they're toasting him and congratulating him and everything and, and making speeches, someone says, do something for us, say something for us. And he says, all right, great. He says, should I do one of my scenes or should I do something from Shakespeare? What do you think? Go ahead, throw it out. And someone says, do something from the Bible. Ah, he says, good. Psalm 23. And he gathers himself up, he gets ready, and in his beautiful voice he says, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. And he goes on and on, and afterwards people clap, and they're so elated and happy and joy-filled after his rendition of Psalm 23. And as the, as the applause is dying down, he kind of does this, and he says, wait, he says, if you thought that was good, you really need to hear Psalm 23 as it should be heard not as something that should be spoken, you know, recited, but prayed. Mom, if you would, come on up. And at that point, his mother, who was there, started to head for the door, of course, and he says, Mom, please. And then she shot him that, I'm gonna kill you look, and turned around and came up toward him, and he said, Mom, please, just, just pray Psalm 23 for us. And she whispered in his ear, I'm only doing this for you. And she got up there and she was very nervous, and her knees were shaking and her voice was quivering. But she started, very quietly at first, but very determined. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Only goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord for years to come. And when she finished, they didn't clap. They just stared at her with mouths open. They felt something, they weren't sure what it was. It wasn't that joy, that elation. They didn't know what to do. And so when it got, after a few moments, they said to the actor, they said, I don't understand. When you did it, we clapped and it, it just made us feel great. But when your mom did it, it just made us feel, I don't know, spiritual or holy. What's the difference? And he said, my friends, the difference is this. I know Psalm 23, but my mother knows the shepherd. The point Jesus is making today in posing the question, who do you say that I am, is that he wants people to know not about him, but to know him. So the first question is, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, this is good, John the Baptist. Everyone thinks you're John the Baptist. Remember the lady in that last town, she said you were Isaiah. Someone said you were Zephaniah or Zechariah. And the people in Nazareth remember you as that kid who was playing in the street and growing up and everything. And Jesus said, yep, I've, I've heard all those things. I know what they're saying about me. I know they're saying even more things than that. Some are not so nice. But then Jesus looked at them and said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And I imagine there were a lot of, you know, furtive glances looking at each other like someone's got to say something. You know, they didn't know what to do. And finally, Peter, who often speaks up for the group, says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus affirms that, of course, but then he goes on to tell them what that means. 
Messiah isn't one who has come to conquer here on earth and proclaim God's glory on earth as much as he is to lay down his life, to offer his life as a ransom for many, to open the gates of heaven by laying down his life on earth. But Jesus wanted to get them to that point so that they could see that knowing the Lord is much better than knowing about the Lord. In the same way, you and I are bombarded with information today. So many people want to tell us what is fact, what is fake, what we should believe, how we should see life, how we should believe, what should we believe about God and our faith. Everyone wants to tell us that their version is the truth. And certainly, we need to listen to all these voices, and we add our own voice to this often. But in the end, and especially with God, the most important question is not, do you know about God, but do you know God? Do you know the Lord? Who is he to you? This is a question that we must ask ourselves, not just once, but again and again, because it really determines how we are going to live. If we just answer that academically or intellectually, if someone says to you, tell me about Jesus, and you say, oh, I remember this from catechism. Um, so he's God, but he became human 2,000 years ago, and then he, he did miracles, and he taught, and he gave all these parables, these great signs, and then he was put to death, I remember that, and then he rose again, and now he's in heaven waiting for us. And they might say, great, good, you remember your catechism, that's good. But now I want to ask you, who is Jesus to you? And hopefully, if not now, hopefully at another time in your life very soon, you'll be able to dig down deep in your heart and answer, not so much as a human would, but according to the Spirit who dwells in you, and say something like, He's my God, He is my Savior, my, my brother, my friend, my, my companion, my good shepherd. He directs everything about my life. He moves me to forgive people. He moves me to be generous. He, he wants me to be better and be like Him on earth so that I can live with Him in heaven. Because if it's just an intellectual or academic exercise for us, and all we're doing is thinking about Jesus and our faith on earth, then I think all we can hope for is to think about heaven forever. But if we give over our lives, our heart, our soul, everything to God to say, you are my Lord, my Savior, my shepherd, then all of us, our body, mind, and soul will be taken up in glory into heaven to be with him, our Savior, one day. This is why Mary, when she was filled with the Holy Spirit, you remember the story, it's the visitation. She went to see her cousin Elizabeth. Remember that? And she said, Elizabeth, I'm here. And the baby did somersaults or leap, it leapt in her womb, in utero. That was John the Baptist. And, and Elizabeth says, you are the mother of my Lord. I can't believe you're here in my house. And then it says, Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she doesn't just start spouting off knowledge. Oh, yes, the angel came to me a few days ago and said this to me. She said, my whole being glorifies the Lord. My spirit exalts in God my Savior. She is the perfect model for us then in how to know her son. Not to know about her son, but to know her son. St. James in the second reading also challenges us. He says, it's not enough to say, I'm a Christian, I'm Catholic, I believe, I was baptized and confirmed. He said, if that's what you're leaning on without practicing your faith, then perhaps your faith is dead. But if your faith in Jesus Christ moves you to be more generous, more kind, more loving, more compassionate, serving others with all your heart, mind, and soul, then you sh are showing yourself and the world that you do truly believe in Jesus. 
I pray that through our faith, through the Holy Spirit that's given to us, through this Mass, through the sacraments and everything we are about, that we will move more and more perfectly away from just an academic belief in Jesus or an intellectual belief to truly, intimately knowing the Lord and loving him so that we can say like St. Paul, my goal is to live so that it's not I who live anymore, but Christ who dwells in me. We will get to that point only if we give over more and more and more of our lives, our will, our heart, our desires to God and let him work in us. So today we are given that same question that the disciples were given 2,000 years ago. It's a question we all must answer individually in the depths of our heart. We may not answer it perfectly. We still have fears and doubts and a lot of questions if you're like me. But I pray and hope that we may answer like St. Peter, who's a, who's a wonderful model of faith for us. It is the Lord Jesus who speaks to each one of us in the depths of our hearts. Who do you say that I am?